thoughts become things. Where have you heard that before? We hear it all the time now, don't we? I know it was made super popular in the movie The Secret, but this has been around since the beginning of time. But it's not really taught to us. But in my journey, as I share my positive vibes with the universe, on this reading from James Allen's book, As a Man Thinketh, as a person thinketh, really, right? He really explains it well. I think I finally had the aha moment in this chapter. It's called The Effect of Thought on Circumstances. And I'm sharing it with you here today because this is super important to learn, to know, to realize, and understand. I'm going to give you one little introduction and then we're going to get started on the full chapter. A particular train of thought persisted in, be it good or bad, cannot fail to produce its results on the character and circumstances. A person cannot directly choose their circumstances, but they can choose their thoughts and so indirectly yet surely shape their circumstances. What does he mean by that? Okay, he starts out the chapter by discussing how just as a gardener cultivates a plot, keeping it free from weeds and growing the flowers and fruit which they require, so may a person tend the garden of their mind, weeding out all of the wrong, useless, and impure thoughts, and cultivating toward perfection the flowers and fruits of right, useful, and pure thoughts. By pursuing this process, a person sooner or later discovers that they are a master gardener of their soul, the director of their life. They also reveal within themselves the law of thought and understands with every increasing accuracy how the thought forces and mind elements operate in shaping of their character, circumstances, and destiny. What he's saying in his book, is you have to cultivate the garden of your mind. And what are you cultivating? What are you thinking about? How can you reset that mindset? How can you make the change that you deserve? Let's carry on. Thought and character are one. And as character can only manifest and discover itself through environment and circumstance, the outer conditions of a person's life will always be found to be harmoniously related to their inner state. This does not mean that a person's circumstances at any given time are an indication of their entire character, but that those circumstances are so intimately connected with some vital thought element within themselves that for the time being, they're indispensable to your own development. People are buffeted by circumstances so long as they believe themselves to be the creature of outside conditions. But when you realize that, you become a creative power and that you may command the hidden soil and seeds of your being out of which circumstances grow. You then become the rightful master of yourself. Reminds me about Invictus, right? Captain of your soul, master of your mind, 
You are the one in control. And so often we go down that pathway. We're like, oh, when am I going to catch a break? When am I going to catch a break? Why does all of this keep happening to me? You have a choice. And I'm telling you right now, it's not easy to change your mind. It's not easy to reset that mindset. Depending on how you were raised, depending on what environment you've been living in. Time to clean that up. And your life will change for the better. Let's continue. The soul attracts that which it secretly harbors, that which it loves, and also that which it fears. It reaches the height of its cherished aspiration. It falls to the level of its unchastened desires. And circumstances are the means by which the soul receives its own. Every thought seed sown or allowed to fall into the mind and to take root there produces its own blossoming sooner or later into act and bearing its own fruitage of opportunity and circumstance. Good thoughts bear good fruit. Bad thoughts, bad fruit. You've probably heard that before, but nobody's coming to help you. Nobody. It's never too late. Pull up your bootstraps. You can do it. It's not too late. Make some good decisions and you will bear better fruit. It's as simple as that. And that's where the thoughts become things. It goes on to say the outer world of circumstances shapes itself to the inner world of thought. And both pleasant and unpleasant external conditions are factors which make for the ultimate good of the individual. As the reaper of their own harvest, people learn both by suffering and bliss. And I don't know if this is the first time this particular quote was written. Circumstance, and I'm going to read it verbatim, but we all know men and women are the same. We all have the same brain. Circumstance does not make the man. It reveals him to himself. Circumstance does not make the woman. It reveals her to herself. Circumstance does not make you. It reveals. It reveals you to yourself. That is such an eye-opener that it reveals to you who you really are, what you're made of. If you if you can attest your metal. That's where it all unfolds. I love that. Okay, here we go. No such conditions can exist as descending into vice and its attendant suffering apart from vicious inclinations or ascending into virtue and its pure happiness without the continued cultivation of virtuous aspirations. And people, therefore, are the Lord and master of thought, is the maker of themselves, the shaper and the author of environment. People do not attract which they want, but that which they are. That is absolutely so true. He goes on to say, 
not what we wish and pray for do we get, but what we justly earn. Wishes and prayers are only gratified and answered when they have harmonized with your thoughts and your actions. Harmonize with your thoughts and your actions. People are anxious to improve their circumstances, but are unwilling to improve themselves. They therefore remain bound. The person who does not shrink from self-crucification can never fail to accomplish the object upon which their heart is set. This is as true of earthly as of heavenly things. Even the person whose sole object is to acquire wealth must be prepared to make great personal sacrifices before they can accomplish this object. And this is where he gives the three examples. He gives a story about a man who is poor. He wishes he had more for his family. He wishes he had a nicer home. He wishes his boss would pay him more. He wishes that life would handle him a little bit better. Give him a break. His mindset is poor. His mindset is not of a wealthy mindset. He's sitting back and waiting for someone to rescue him so he can have what he feels he wants and deserves. And this is where you got to just go get it. You just got to go get it. You got to have the uncomfortable conversations. You have to lift yourself up. So that's about wealth. And then he talks about a wealthy man who has all the riches, famous maybe even, has everything he wants, except his health. Because he consumes anything and everything. The gluttony is out of control and he can't control it. And he just wants to pay somebody to help him get rid of that. He doesn't have his health. You can have all the wealth in the world. But if you don't take care of this temple, which is your body and your mind and your spirit and your soul... No money in the world is going to come to your rescue. So health, wealth. And then this was the surprising one. The third example he gives is of a businessman who is a bit of a miser. He cuts the employee's salaries. He cuts corners here and there. He's thinking he's creating wealth. He's thinking he's creating uh, an entrepreneurial business. He thinks. He's doing the right thing, but he's miserable and sad and lonely. He's missing happiness. Again, these three examples are really, really good because they're real life examples. This stuff actually happens. And if it's happening to you and you don't understand, you have to become the person you deserve to be by changing your thoughts because thoughts become things. And when your thoughts are towards wealth, health, and happiness, 
you will live more harmoniously. You will live more in balance. I love this chapter. I tell you, it just explains it so, so well. Okay, after giving these three examples, he goes on to say, These three cases are merely illustrative of the truth that a person is the causer, though nearly always is unconsciously of their circumstances, and that whilst aiming at a good end, a person is continually frustrating its accomplishment by encouraging thoughts and desires which cannot possibly harmonize with that end. Huh. That is so simple, yet I need to get knocked over the head with this. Health is so simple. Just don't eat it. You have a choice. Right? <laughs> so simple. So simple. That's what's fantastic about this. But he goes on to say, circumstances, however, are so complicated. Thought is so deeply rooted and the condition of happiness vary so vastly with individuals that a person's entire soul condition, although it may not be known to yourself, cannot be judged by another from the external aspect of their life alone. What does he mean by that? Circumstances are so complicated. You might be seeing someone you think, oh, they're the picture of health. And I'm going to focus on health because that's one that I think everybody can relate to. You might see someone, you're like, oh, she's so beautiful. Oh, I wish I had their skin. I wish I was in better shape. I wish I didn't eat potato chips every night. I wish I wasn't addicted to Netflix. <laughs> I wish, I wish, I wish. And that's the thing. What are you wishing for? You are in control. And that is the point of what he's trying to say. You don't know somebody else's circumstances. Sure, maybe they got the genetic lottery and they look beautiful, but are they healthy? Maybe they're wearing designer clothing, but maybe their credit card debt is out of control because they're trying to appear wealthy. Or maybe, just maybe, you need to stop and think. You don't know their circumstance. They might not actually be what you see on the outside. Yeah, I'm going to link um, uh, a show from uh, Robert Greene's book on human nature all about how our external appearance makes everybody think, wow. They have the life now, don't they? But you have to stop and think about it. And it's really a deep, a deep conversation. So I'm going to link that in the show notes as well. But here we go. And I'm not reading this whole chapter verbatim, by the way. And I'm referring to a man as a human. So we can all, you know, not worry about those different descriptions. Here's where it super started sinking in for me. Good thoughts and actions can never produce bad results. Let me just say that again. Good thoughts and actions can never produce bad results. Bad thoughts and actions can never produce good results. 
This is but saying that nothing can come from corn but corn, nothing from nettles but nettles. People understand this law in the natural world and work with it. If you plant corn, you're going to get corn. Aha, but he goes on to say, few understand it in the mental and moral world, though its operation there is just as simple and undeviating, and they, therefore, do not cooperate with it. That's living in harmony. And I even wrote in the, in the notes on the side, harmony. That was the first word that came to mind, but this is the amazing part. Suffering, he says, is always the effect of wrong thought in some direction. It is an indication that the individual is out of harmony with themselves, with the law of their being. <sighs> harmony. You're out of harmony with yourself. If you are thinking negative vibes, you're probably receiving negative back and vice versa. Positive vibes, positive back. Lift yourself up, stand up straight, shoulders back, head held high. He goes on to say, a person is not rightly conditioned until they are happy, healthy, and prosperous being. And happiness, health, and prosperity, which is wealth, are the result of a harmonious adjustment of the inner with the outer, of the person with their surroundings. And, goes on to say, as you adapt your mind to that regulating factor, you cease to accuse others as the cause of your condition and build yourself up in strong, noble thoughts. Adapt the mind to that regulating factor. You cease to kick against circumstances, but begin to use them as aids to more rapid progress and as a means of discovering the hidden powers and possibilities within yourself. What is your superpower? It's in there. What, what is it? Draw it out. Draw it out. Try different things. Try something new. Think about what you really love to do and how you can put that into motion. You know, maybe you've always loved to knit and you stopped knitting like a decade ago. Maybe that was your happy place. Maybe that was your meditation. Maybe that was your peaceful, quiet time with your thoughts. I love that. You know, just, just give me an example. He goes on to say, people have but to write themselves to find the universe is right. And during the process of putting yourself right, you will find that you alter your thoughts towards things and other people. And then things and other people will alter towards you. So if you've been down on your luck and you're just, oh, man, when is my life going to change? Alter your thoughts. And you're putting out an amazing vibe in the universe. That's where thoughts really start to become things. It really, really takes off. He goes on to give you some examples. Like if you have bestial thoughts, they crystallize into habits of drunkenness, which solidify into circumstances of destitution and disease. And it goes on and on and on. And if you're thinking fear and doubt and indecision, you're becoming weak 
and your habits <laughs> start matching that and they get solidifying and and you you you're feeling really down on yourself you're feeling like a failure and you just keep pushing down pushing down pushing down on yourself remember nobody's in your head but you nobody's in control but you and he says, on the other hand, beautiful thoughts of all kinds crystallize into habits of grace and kindliness, which solidify into sunny circumstances. Pure thoughts crystallize into habits of temperance and, wait for it, self-control, which solidify into circumstances of repose and peace. Thoughts of courage, self-reliance and decision crystallize into manly Hmm. habits, which solidify into circumstances of success, plenty, and freedom. Energetic thoughts crystallize into habits of cleanliness and industry, which solidify into circumstances of pleasantness. And the list goes on and on, on and on. But here's got the big circle around it. A particular train of thought persisted in, be it good or bad, cannot fail to produce its results on the character and the circumstances. A person cannot directly choose their circumstances, but they can choose their thoughts and so indirectly, yet surely, shape their circumstances. Thoughts become things. There's an old saying, I think it was Henry Ford, if you think you can or think you can't, you're right. And I really wish <laughs> back then he would have expanded on that a little bit. But that's okay. We're here today. And uh, I'm just going to give you one more nugget from this one chapter. The world is your kaleidoscope. And the varying combinations of colors, which at every succeeding moment it presents to you, are the exquisitely adjusted pictures of your ever-moving thoughts. You are the exquisitely adjusted pictures of your ever-moving thoughts. You want thoughts to become things? You need to focus on your health. You need to focus on prosperity if you want to build wealth or at least live comfortably, whatever that looks like for you. Wealth looks like different things to different people. And third, when you get that equanimity, when you get that balance going, when your virtues and your choices are in line, you're now in alignment with yourself and you have happiness and you will live a more inspired life. Well, this episode lit me on fire and I hope it's helped you too. Hit that subscribe button and I'll see you next week.